0: At the top of Wikipedia, there's a little cross that says this is a good article. Click here for more information.
1: (laughs) I also like how on the poster for this, it just says, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's the the tag.
1: No one ever says, it's crazy.
0: They needed to replace that first Z with an A, because otherwise now it's, it's crazy. Redwood Soundwell.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Watch No Evil. This is Zach.
0: And this is Matt.
1: And this week we'll be talking about the 1988 sci-fi horror film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The events of this film follow Mike and Debbie as they go from getting steamy at the top of the world to saving the world from genocidal clown aliens.
0: I don't know if genocidal is the correct.
1: The lyrics in the intro song say genocide, so that's what I want.
0: They do you say genocide?
1: They say genocide.
0: They're kind of, they're not really genocidal. It's xenocidal. It's trying to destroy a race, not an, uh, an ethnicity.
1: Anyways, they killing a bunch of people. So we recently did Stitches, and I was wondering what you thought. How does this compare with its use of clown-based cliches?
0: Oh, much better.
1: I think I agree. It draws from more like the circus aspects of it rather than the birthday clown aspect of like Stitches. I feel like there's just less to use.
0: It's a significant difference between the circus habitat of the clown, the clown (laughs) habitat, and the birthday clown habitat.
1: Ecosystem, if you will.
0: Yeah. There's a delicate... (laughs) ecosystem to be balanced
1: and it's funny that you used habitat and ecosystem because these clowns are from outer space they're actually aliens they're not really even clowns they're just at some point i think mike says they're not clowns they're just some kind of creature that look like what we know of as clowns which is obviously actually like surprisingly astute given the rest of the movie (laughs) but i think i agree we get the clown car in this we get the popcorn we get the cotton candy i think it's just this one is just a little more fun both movies Mm -hmm. are obviously really dark but i feel like this one just has a little bit more fun with it. It's not a witty, talking, joke-making clown like in Stitches. In fact, the clowns only say a handful of actual human words.
0: Zach, I have a small gift for you. Oh, no. That I've uploaded. I mean, yay. As an MP3 (laughs) to the podcast Discord. Oh, oh my God. (gasps) I did another rap. I'm
1: so excited. Okay, so that's what... Oh, man. So giving the audience some context. Matt... (laughs) (laughs) Matt sent me like a 30 second teaser last night of just what I assume is the beginning of this. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably like 10 seconds. I'm just like, okay, so is this supposed to be like background music for this episode? And that's legitimately what I thought, but nope, it's a rap. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, this is what I heard. <laughs> I love the fade.
0: Good clown movie, bro. The skatekit killer clowns in a small town, killing a shit. More clowns in a season, but at least it's in a bound play. Like practical effects, but still not good as stitches. You know what they say, you better memorize shoes. Killer a clown, watch a better cotton candy cuckoo, and hunt me down, hound dog, but it's made a bullets. Those tag clowns are like Bagliaccio.
1: <laughs> <Agliacci. laughs>
0: and that's it. My review of Killer Clowns.
1: That's pretty good. I like how you threw Pagliacci in there.
0: So I mentioned uh, the the beginning of it is a good clown movie, bro. This ain't it. Get it, because it. <clears throat> oh, I named like eight clown movies.
1: <laughs> it, it it just happened so fast.
0: So it is really it's, fast. It's
1: I can't decide which one I like better than under the. Or this one
0: this one for me was more fun because of how truly stupid it was to make and again (laughs) i do these in like 45 minutes
1: (laughs) yeah i know but anyways yeah so using stitches as a point of comparison so i think you in the wrap, you said that stitches had better practical effects
0: i think that it does
1: do you think that has anything to do with stitches being 30 years later (laughs) yeah Okay, I think so. I think if we had Killer Clowns remake, or if Killer Clowns simply came out in 2012 or whenever Stitches came out, I think that this would actually be the better of the two.
0: Oh, I'm sure, yeah.
1: I think that their practical effects budget was probably higher than Stitches was.
0: The thing for me is, like, where they used the practical effects. Because I feel like Stitches is a little bit more personal. This movie is impersonal.
1: Oh, I definitely agree.
0: You know, I like the movie. I think it's good. I
1: feel like this one's more fun.
0: It is the definition of camp.
1: For sure. This is the kind of camp that I like where it's just goofy. It knows what it is, just like Stitches did. Both movies, and I think a lot of these clown horror movies, they mix the supernatural with clowns in order to like make them more scary, even though a lot of people find clowns to be unsettling just as they are. I'm sure there's one out there, but why can't we just get a clown like serial killer movie where it's
0: just... Do you want to know what it's called? It's called The Terrifier.
1: Is that what it is? Because I thought Terrifier was like it it was kind of like a demon clown.
0: Is terrifier a demon clown i thought he was just a regular old clown house of a thousand corpses is another one that's not supernaturally motivated but okay. i don't think that terrifier was it's supernatural.
1: been a while so I, I might be confusing it but it i mean it is supernatural
0: right? it so, is the most yeah it is supernatural it is extraterrestrial they like to use the the alien trope as like the thing that explains
1: kind of like what they do here except in vastly more detail <laughs> I think the explanation section of this is when they were in the funhouse on the pier and they're going through that one room with all the dinosaurs in it and they just show the three guys walking around and with all the dinosaur cutouts, they're then talking about how it's like this race that maybe they were here, they visited Earth and that's our clowns are based off of these guys and they, mm-hmm. they go like a little more philosophical than you would expect for a movie like this. But I, I appreciate the intention.
0: I just don't think that it matters It doesn't so much. That's that's the big thing about these this era of film making was, I think, really special in how it incorporated the monster as theme. Especially movies that are on the campier side. I mean, this movie is 1988, right? So we've kind of already had the beginning of the slasher craze. Right. I think people were over the slasher craze. In general.
1: Uh, evidenced by the fact that the name of this movie was supposed to be Killer Clowns, but they thought it was going to be too slashery sounding, so they added From Outer Space.
0: Yeah, so they really are just tired of the lone walking, stalking, hunking killer. And instead, you have something that is still in essence a creature feature what makes this movie so fun even in the horror that is the clowns is the clowns right they have personality they each have character in almost the same way that i view gremlins right gremlins is Mm -hmm. obviously not a slasher but it has a similar camp factor that even though all of this great comedic horror stuff is going on ultimately we are grounded by the clowns. So the extraterrestrial part of them, it really serves as, you know, an explanation for why they are there in the same way that the Mogwais show up at that kid's house.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good comparison to Gremlins. They're just there to kind of like wreck havoc. And you don't really care what happens because it's just a goofy movie. Like they could have killed all the main characters in this movie. would have been like, OK, cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah I absolutely they weren't the important part of the movie everybody was there to see the clowns and they got to right. see the clowns and so that's another part of this is people are tired of the slasher because it's kind of passe but they're not tired of what slashers brought which was a character driven story where the focus was on the villain and it had a high body count and i think that this sort of fits the glove of high body count and emphasis on the villain of the story
1: yeah very high body count
0: <laughs> i don't care about mike or debbie no. or dave
1: <laughs> mike's actually i think more hateable than likable
0: yeah mike tobacco is that his name mike tobacco <laughs> mike tobacco yeah <laughs>
1: Okay, and then the other one oh, is Dave, God. and it's like, neither of these guys are winners.
0: <laughs> yeah, Killer Clown said A-ha- A- A- Ahab. Killer Clown said <laughs> Ahab.
1: Ahab jumps into a whale. Yeah, they really did. Like, Officer Mooney, just complete asshole.
0: I mean, they're already puppets, so it wasn't a big stretch.
1: I mean, Dave does kind of, like, save the day, but he does have his asshole cop moment. He lets his emotions get the better of him and, you know, arrests Mike for absolutely nothing. So it's... Oh, yeah, for sure. Really does have that Cab kind of vibe to it. I
0: think that that is another thing that comes up a lot of times in these horror movies that the police aren't gonna save you.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was kind kind of weird how like the very end when the spaceship is doing its thing and starting to take off and then Dave blows it up. All the cops are there at the end like they did something, but they're just staring mm-hmm. at it like in wonderment.
0: And even though Dave is a cop, th- the movie sort of st- Starts to work towards distancing him from policehood.
1: How does he kill the, the patriarch clown? He takes his badge off to smash its nose.
0: Yep, exactly. So there, he's giving away his...
1: I, and that's the thing is, I don't, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be he had a badge. The fact that he's a cop is what saves the day or it's he's said he's, like, giving up his identity as a cop. I think it's kind of gray area. I think it's not really supposed to be read into that much. It's
0: just No, absolutely not. It's supposed <laughs> to be read into that much. We're just reading into it because that's kind of what we do. It's an interesting topic to go down though too because it's a really frequent issue in horror movies is that the cops are either in on the bad stuff or they're so grossly incompetent as to let the bad continue or in fact facilitate it in a lot of ways.
1: Mm -hmm. I recently watched The Fog. (laughs) The cops there obviously, like how do cops fight against Fog, right? They're shown to be super useless and I feel like that's probably the most commonly seen role that the cops mm-hmm. end up playing is that oh we have this big bad and oh look, here are the cops they're gonna stop him and then oh man they, they even they even took the cops down
0: yeah well i think it's a stark reminder that police don't prevent crime they only show up after it's already happened <laughs>
1: Well, it's, most of the time, it's true.
0: And I have nothing against police officers. I'm just saying, this is how they're represented in film. Yeah. It is Im- intentional. It's on purpose, the way that the, this is all sort of done. And I think that it's it's coming from a longer history of the horror market, too.
1: And think about, like, especially in the 80s, when we're getting a lot of these kind of cult classics, a lot of the target audience of these are kind of what police officers might call deviants. And a lot of that kind of counterculture group historically speaking counterculture does not mesh well with police officers for obvious reasons so having some moments in movies like that you know it kind of pumps up your audience a little bit so anyways to segue out of talking about cotton
0: candy cocoons
1: police officers
0: giant balloon dogs the popcorn clown machine
1: the popcorn clown machine it's a practical thing they actually built Mm A gun that was it cost seven thousand dollars to make.
0: That's too much money.
1: Took seven thousand dollars in six weeks to build this gun that
0: could actually shoot popcorn. Apparently, it needed to be that big. I mean, it looks like a giant anti-aircraft missile. <laughs>
1: It's very circusy looking.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like an alien abduction movie that's been reskinned as a clown movie. Yeah, right? I mean,
1: the, the inside of their spaceship is like, you look at ending spaceship scene with the clownzilla, as it's called. It's mm-hmm. really just like a stage. It's just a black floor with like the props. <laughs> and it's just this empty room, which is really thrifty. And what else do you really need out of this clown alien movie?
0: It hits the important facets of of clowndom and horror movie fandoms interesting designed character too i think is a big thing the clowns are super unique looking
1: yeah there's i think probably three major clowns like the ones that we see actually terrorizing the the townspeople and that's what's like kind of neat about is you don't get a really clear idea of how many clowns there are yeah there's a bunch of them at the end but who's to say that's all of them what do you think of the clownzilla thing
0: oh i think it's the best part it is the jump to the absurd that the film needed at that moment
1: because making the connection to dinosaurs earlier on was it, do you think that's supposed to be like a prehistoric clown alien kind of race thing <laughs> or like what
0: not necessarily i don't think that that's it but it could be i just
1: feel like they talk about it too much for it not to be that but that's just my opinion i don't know it could yeah. just be like hey now we have like a dinosaur clown and <laughs>
0: That's the thing about this movie, is I think that you have to come up with a way to push the action in the climax of the scenes. The big thing about this is that Dave discovers how to kill the clowns, so already we sort of have a means of getting rid of them. That brings up a couple of issues in the narrative of the film as a whole, because how are they going to top that? Well, they could either have a lot of clowns, and then they have to have some sort of major event that will wipe the clowns out or they have to have some sort of significant final battle and i think that this movie's already surrealist enough as it is (laughs) why not just have a giant clown i think it fits right along with what the movie is doing the entire time which is to really gradually pump up the action and the absurdity of it. Having the cotton candy thing as their grounding point, there's a reason why they don't do a lot with the cotton candy. It's because that's the base level.
1: That's the base level of absurd.
0: And then they ratchet it up with the living balloon dog that hunts. And then they ratchet up again with the popcorn gun. So they're just sort of cranking the machine, getting all these ideas out.
1: That's a really good point that they they kind of do really ratchet it. Up throughout, there's the whole shadow puppet scene. At some point, the clown does this shadow puppet of George Washington and his troops crossing the Delaware. And it's like, How does this clown know about the American Revolution? (laughs) And then it makes the T Rex puppet another dinosaur thing, and then it eats all the people. That's actually a really cool scene, I think. They also seem to be intelligent. No, I would say they're actually super intelligent.
0: I think that they're dominated by their id. And nothing else.
1: But they understand English. That's the weird part. Prove it. Remember the bikers? No. This is a scene with the bikers. The one rides up on his little tricycle and the bikers are like making fun of him. And the one biker goes up and he goes, hey, can I ride your bike? And the clown's like, nah. He like shakes his head. No. and he's like, can I at least honk the horn? And he goes, yes. And then that's the whole thing where, you know, he smashes the bike and then he goes, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? And the clown punches his head clean off. It's great.
0: That is a great scene. However, I do think that you can interpret some of that gesturally. You could tell what they were saying by body language.
1: Sure, but there's also the thing with the with Officer Mooney.
0: That part's great.
1: The clown like listens to what he says, tells the clown to turn around and put his hands behind the back. Officer Mooney is kind of a weird character because he resents Dave for going to the police academy to become a police officer. Obviously, he's not a trained police officer then. It's like, <laughs> what is this town doing employing guys like him to be police officers? But, anyways, it sounds like he just wants to arrest every college kid in in the area, so.
0: Yeah, he's abusing his power. Again, police officers in horror movies, evil, incompetent. Yeah. Sometimes, both.
1: (laughs) Quote, rich little bastards, I'd shoot them all.
0: That probably shouldn't be a police officer, but you know.
1: Here's why he got hired. He said, I made it through Korea. I can make it through this bullshit. And he doesn't. Also, at the beginning, I do appreciate this. This is some good writing here. At the beginning, when Dave rushes off to, like, go help Debbie and what's his name? Mike. Um, Tom. Mike. Mike. I almost said Steve. Mike Tobacco. Generic white dude name. You know, he rushes off to help them. Mooney goes, well, you won't make a dummy out of me. And then what happens to him? Like (laughs) he is made into a ventriloquist dummy by the clown.
0: Oh, my God. Are you telling me that a movie can have good foreshadowing?
1: Yeah, it's just so fluid and subtle.
0: You mean that they didn't need to have a scene of Professor Mooney professor mooney that's from (laughs) Harry
1: potter he also says the clown doesn't have rights because he's in his jail great character uh has no development aside from becoming a puppet why does debbie get a special cocoon balloon thing is is that just something some device to keep the main main character character energy and then dave is like we should save the other people in these other balloons and they're like there's no time dave (laughs) no and they run this leave these other people behind.
0: It reminds me a lot of Eight-Legged Freaks and the Cocoons of People in Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh yeah. But they don't stop to save Gladys, you know? But all the other people that are in the <laughs> in that area are like they just kind of get lost to time.
1: They get blown up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of like same the people movie. in this
1: movie. Yeah,
0: A-Legged I mean, Freaks is just a remake of Killer Clowns.
1: Which is the same thing as Gremlins. Gremlins is 1980, right? So this is a remake of Gremlins.
0: We really liked space around this era.
1: What year did E.T. come out? Uh, that was like 1990, I think.
0: 1982.
1: Really? Oh my god, yeah. that was way off.
0: Yeah. So like we were in the space craze.
1: We can now start making movies about space rather than just she obsessing had... going into space.
0: We have a lot of the the thing. issues. Ugh. God, I don't know. I'm. I'm really. I can't <laughs> think straight.
1: I mean, this is a hard one to talk about. If you think about it, it's a bit non-sequitur. Yeah. It's just like clowns doing stuff for an hour and then like 30 minutes of plot.
0: Okay, but you know what I think will be not necessarily divisive between the two of us, but a good talking point? Do the ice cream men ruin the movie?
1: uh i really enjoy the parts that they're not in
0: (laughs) they don't help anything no that's the only part in general that i really just can't stand but the issue is the ending part where they show up in the car and they're talking on the pa speaker to the clowns and they're just like we are your leader you know that part Brilliant. That is a brilliant (laughs) moment. But they tried to make the ice cream guys to Abbott and Costello. Yeah. To comic relief. And the whole movie is comic relief, guys.
1: Right. And also, like, they're literally always arguing. Sometimes their arguing is, like, literally just white noise in the background of a different conversation. And if you actually. That's what I did earlier today, as I listened to what they are actually saying, and they're not even saying anything, really. (laughs) They're just going, going, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. They're just going back and forth about nothing.
0: But them driving that clown car right up to the giant swath of clowns. Hilarious. I thought that that was one of the greatest scenes, which then makes me think they're just trying to justify getting to that scene by having them in other scenes. I love Abbott and Costello. I love a buddy comedy duo. I think that it works out really well, but either you have to have the whole movie focused on them or they have to be bit parts with occasional occurrences so it's the difference between having you know uh, buck privates versus one night in the tropics the reason ab and costello worked really well in one night in the tropics is because they are character relief from the main drama which is still a comedy but there's other characters that have very specific points of view ab and costello just break up the monotony of those points of view
1: and what they do is actually fun
0: and what they actually do is funny. These characters, when they come in, it clearly feels like they are trying to just give these people screen time to justify having them in the end game. when in reality, they don't contribute a lot.
1: Yeah, and they're actually, like, kind of the first main characters that are introduced. Like, even before Debbie and Mike, they're they show the ice cream truck riding up to this makeout point. It almost seems like they're supposed to be the main characters right off the bat, but then they're just auxiliary. And then they make, like, this huge deal out of them, you know, like, Clownzilla knocks them over and their truck explodes, and you're like, oh, they're dead. And, no, they come back at the very end. Oh, we hid in the freezer in the, in the ice cream truck, and it's like, I can just stay dead.
0: I did read that they had initially killed them and and Dave, but after audience testing, they recut it.
1: Okay. Maybe it's our modernity speaking, but I, I would have been fine with that.
0: I think so too, but also, you know, it's fun to have them survive yeah, if we true. had liked them.
1: <laughs> it's not it's yeah, it's not really in the spirit of the movie to kill off any of the main characters, I guess. Yeah. But they just kill everyone else.
0: <laughs> yeah, as high as the body count is in this movie, it's pretty approachable.
1: Oh, for sure. What's the most graphic thing we get?
0: Them sticking the giant drinking straw into one of the Jello cotton candy people.
1: Yeah, either that or the puppet scene. That...
0: Oh, the puppet scene is pretty bad.
1: It, they don't really, like, show anything, though. It's just... In...
0: It's not so bad.
1: And they do drop a couple of F-bombs. <laughs> so it's like, wh- what's the target audience here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think that they know who their audience is. I think that they're intentionally trying to hit, like, the adult that are in some way reliving their childhood.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like they're going for a very specific aesthetic where, where they go absurd and where they go kind of graphic
0: and that being said I think that we need in general films like this because this is a film that I would be comfortable introducing to a person who doesn't really like horror films Mm -hmm. it's an introductory film
1: I could see like children being scared of this I don't know if any adults are getting scared by the the scariest thing to me was the acid pies
0: oh yeah my nephew watches this movie all the time
1: oh there you go yeah kids are like pretty resilient these days so I think they could handle it
0: oh this ain't even the worst horror movie that he's seen
1: right it's just like the clowns are a little bit scary because they you know kind of look a little bit like dinosaurs but it's got the sharp teeth this i don't know were the clown suits all practical
0: yeah i don't think that beside like the lighting effects i don't think anything was digital
1: how did they do the eyes and stuff though
0: i think that there's really literally a person inside puppeteering them
1: oh and you're saying like the eyes are part of it yeah the eyes are really convincing the mouths not so much
0: no yeah (laughs) for sure
1: practical effects man it's pretty good it's just fun it just adds to the
0: fun and that being said they cut the film really well because i think that this kind of film would be really easily ruined by the way that it's actually cut together they avoid shots where the clowns are moving a whole lot because you can tell in some of the scenes just how cumbersome those suits are yeah so they do a good job of cutting around that and I actually think that that helps with the pacing of the film because you get to the point a little quicker
1: like I said it's got a little bit of a non-sequitur kind of feel to it but it's I think it's cut really well it feels almost montage yeah it gives you the overall magnitude of the issue really well I think the humor is pretty good in some spots the thing that got me the most was the door scene when they're in the spaceship, Mike goes uh, opens the door. There's another door behind it. And he goes, another door. And he opens that and there's another one. Another door. And they do that like five times.
0: Yeah, I do. I That, yes.
1: That Correct. to me was probably the funniest part of the whole thing. And then there are times, you know, like you mentioned, the Terenzi brothers are kind of annoying. I don't know. I don't have anything else. It's kind I of.
0: Else. I did a rap. You were supposed effort. to carry this episode.
1: I did, did, didn't I? I, I opened the wow. Wikipedia page. <laughs> wow. Matt, I was reading straight from the Wikipedia page. So I'll have you know.
0: Wow.
1: I guess we can end with that they were going to make a sequel.
0: Got canceled. Yeah, it got
1: canceled. It was supposed to release in 2012.
0: That's too late.
1: Yeah. I think that they didn't have that kind of cult following. Like, is it, if they had done it like ten years earlier, I think maybe it would have been more successful and more doable. But
0: yeah, there's a shelf life. We were kind of over cl- clowns. We were over clowns <laughs> in
1: twenty twelve. We don't get movies like this anymore, though. No, the closest modern equivalent to this is like Cabin in the Woods, and even then, it gets a little bit headier than what we get here.
0: Yeah. There's there's nothing that's really <laughs> fun in horror anymore. I mean, fun. there is, there, there is, but <laughs> it, we don't get the same degree of camp. I guess Sharknado yeah. would be the equivalent, wouldn't it? It lives in that space, that sort of strangely liminal space of, of public memory. But I also don't think that necessarily contemporary culture could sustain a film like this.
1: It's relatively low stakes is why I feel like it has to be that way. And it, yeah. it does it <laughs> to, to bring the circumstances. Circus theme back it really does do a balancing act with its pacing
0: you know what everybody just wants to do the gritty reboots yeah we don't need the gritty reboots just give us the original thing again but a little bit updated we don't need a new ghostbusters movie is just so sad for no reason
1: like think jurassic world is that the jurassic world yeah jurassic World. world It's like they, they try to make it so like serious and granted it's like Jurassic so Park sad. is basically a horror movie, but it's like it's it, so it was sad. it was fun. And then Jurassic World's like the world is ending to save the dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> Why do we need a whole scene where we just watch an island full of dinosaurs get Decimated, Right?
1: And it's, there's nothing fun about that.
0: Yeah, where they're on the boat and they're going away and you're just watching them watch all of these dinosaurs die. And it's like, this was not necessary. <laughs>
1: Michael Crichton is rolling in his grave.
0: Yeah, it's just like, this was supposed to be a fun little poke at man's
1: hubris. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Watch No Evil. This is Zach. <sighs> this is Matt. And remember... Zach and Matt discuss some of the best and worst horror movies out there. Check out all four seasons of Watch No Evil. Lauren and Sarah riff on changing topics each week. Whether it's Celebrity Horoscopes, The Poop Cruise, or Smell-O-Vision, you'll laugh along with Dippers. Catch up on pop culture news and reviews every week with Brandon Biggs and Carl on Not Safe for Network. Professor Aaron Donaldson and Purple Heart recipient Charles Horgan break down war movies, their narratives, and the rhetoric behind them on Real War Project.